0: The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get, with Caesar Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny on the NFL podcast. One of the hosts here is Chase and Burrow and thinks, those are my two favorite activities. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. I am joined on this delightful Wednesday, longtime friend of the show, fresh off the summit for NFL Network, ready to talk about... The timing of the NFC East, I feel like, is pretty perfect with all this Saquon stuff. I I, Sometimes I get lucky, because I was... I put off... I kind of... I was worried about the Hopkins news, so I put off the East for a while, and then the South, and that's where I'm going to talk about that in depth. Um, The Saquon stuff was resolved, or not unresolved, but... Resolved for the purposes of this podcast, just in time to talk about it. Um, I don't think we need to do a running backs conversation. No, please. But I do think we can talk about it in the context of the Giants, where it's uh, definitely relevant.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I always love you know doing uh, the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny, as you know. And this is the second straight year I'm doing the NFC East. Really? And now I'm the NFC East guy. Huh. If if I was more self centered, I'm I'm pretty far there. I would have re listened to last year's episode because <laughs> I went hard on how much I love Jalen Hurts' ceiling, and you pushed back a mm. little bit, and I would be honking on, on about that.
0: You were also um, early on the Daniel Jones is not that bad, mm. uh, which I, I I I joined you actually. I think a little earlier than some after. Obviously, you know, some skepticism early. I will say I saw I don't want to do a thing where like I straw man a single take and pretend it matters. But I did see a radio host say Daniel Jones is the best rusher in the NFL. So we did. The, <laughs> things went a little too far in that direction. Um, let's start with Saquon. Let's start with the Giants offense. It, it matters. But OK, so I guess I should have say what happened for those who have blissfully been living under a rock these last few days. Uh, the Giants' the franchise tag deadline was earlier this week, uh, and I don't think anyone of note got long term deals done. Off the top of my head, Evan Ingram. Well, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's right, Evan Ingram, who we will get to when we get to that division. But the um, running backs did not. Josh Jacobs did not. Tony Pollard did not. I don't. There never never seemed like Tony Pollard was going to. And most notably, Saquon Barkley did not. Saquon Barkley uh, is is has not signed his franchise tag. Um, He has groused about, he's kind of alluded to holding out, but I, I, to me, he's, I don't think he's going to hold, he has nothing to gain from holding out. I just don't see why. I mean, he might skip camp, probably will skip camp fine. Uh, He's not because he's not on the tag. He's actually not fined for doing so. But if he were to miss games this season, um, it doesn't really do anything for him. The Giants could just tag him again, by the way, next year for a little bit more money. Uh, and I think it was the combination of those two tags. I don't know what they offered, what he turned down, and it's kind of hard to talk about without knowing that. But we do know that the, that was the leverage the Giants had, which is essentially we could keep it, they could keep him this year and next year for about $22 million. Uh, so I assume he wanted more than that. Greg, but uh, that's how we got to this point, which is just, he just doesn't have a ton of leverage.
1: Yeah. You know, at our network, Mike Garofolo reported, I I think the offer was 13, $14 million per season, but you don't quite know how much guarantees are in the first year. If I had to guess, they would have like guaranteed the equivalent of two tags plus maybe a little extra. And it sounded like he wanted more than that i think it's risky for him but i also think we can kind of fast forward to the end of camp like over under he signs with about 10 days left and there's way too much time wasted when like he will be on the field when it matters and it's a risk for him like i if i was him maybe because i'm you know conservative financially who knows what it would be like to be an nfl player He's just been so up and down and had injuries in his career that like two years guaranteed at the tag money doesn't sound that bad for me just because of what the downside could be if he has a bad year, if he gets hurt.
0: I guess the leverage he has for holding out would be if there was any leverage, he could say, hey, I might miss a few games unless you sign me to a one year deal. That's, you know, the tag. But you promise not to tag me again next year. I I saw that mentioned somewhere as a possibility. I can't think of a recent example of that happening. I'm sure it has. Um, so I guess that's something he could be angling for potentially. Is like, don't let's not do this again next year. I will say, uh, week one is probably the game where I believe the Giants need him the most. Other uh, until they play this team again, it's the Dallas Cowboys, uh, a team where you 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 really need an outlet against that pass rush. You really need a run game. It is interesting to me that like the Giants. I mean, they drafted Eric Gray out of Oklahoma, but none of these teams really sought out insurance, which is also kind of fascinating. Uh, And again, speaks to the whole running back picture. Like the Raiders have Abdullah, I think is backing up Jacobs. Samir Abdullah, the the Cowboys have yet to bring back Zeke. Um, You know, they drafted little Deuce Vaughn, and we'll talk about, but like, it's, I promise not to call him little Deuce Vaughn the entire season, by the way. Uh yeah it's it's that would be the game where they need him but I don't like again I think he's playing I don't really think he has anything to gain from not playing so I I want to talk about the Giants offense with Saquon Barkley which is what I expect them to look like Um, and it's I it's I'm kind of I mean I I want him to be part of this offense because my vision for an improved Giants offense or what it could be um, is one where you sort of take that dominant run game combination the two-headed tandem of him and Daniel Jones i think they both really helped each other last year uh, as rushing threats and then you finally you you've added on all these skill players so you have the ability to actually stretch the field so defenses have to you know respect that and can't just completely play the run uh, to me like that could be really interesting
1: absolutely i mean and i love the way dable does that running game and you saw some of the benefits that Saquon Barkley got from it. Yeah. Kind of like the bills running backs would get from Josh Allen and Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen. And I wouldn't put him in the top five running quarterbacks. I don't, I don't care about his uh, yardage because he doesn't make anyone miss. Like he's not an instinctive runner. He's right. a huge asset. He's an incredibly fast uh, athlete, uh, but he's not a, like a great natural runner and that's fine. You, you don't need him to be, but Dable has learned how to open up holes. I do have some questions on the offensive line, but the reason I I think Saquon feels that he's got some leverage is yeah. Like they don't have a backup. It's Matt Breida or whoever. And he's still the most explosive player on the offense. Like he is still ultimately their best player on the offense. They have a bunch of number three receivers. Essentially they have Darren Waller, but the best player, the best big play potential guy on the team is still Saquon
0: healthy Waller. I would say you could definitely put up against Saquon, but he hasn't, I mean, Waller's missed so many games over the last two years. So I think that, you know, the caveats apply. I do want to, you you talked about how Dable uses Jones as a runner. And I think that's what, Really stood out to me last year, and I was looking at when I saw the quote today, I was I was like, well, you know, the thing about Jones, he's definitely not the best runner in the NFL, but when you like a, a lot of the advanced metrics, that like, he was very effective on the ground, and something that jumped out. I was kind of digging through his numbers to see like situationally where it was you know his impact and all of that, um, because you know he he ranked first in success rate amongst quarterbacks, meaning. Mm. He didn't have, you know like, I mean he actually did have a few, uh, quite a few explosive runs, but he was consistent about it. Like he consistently created successful plays for the offense when using his leg. And a number that really jumped out to me was that of all quarterbacks in the NFL rushing, and now there's a ton of them, he had the lowest stuff rate, as NGS calls it, which means carries that result in a loss or no yards. Um, he also was third uh, in terms of yards before contact per carry. To me, those two stats speak to scheme, basically, and how Dable was able to use both him, the presence of Saquon. Um, you know, this is not a very great. It's not a great offensive line by any means, but he found ways to create opportunities for Jones as a runner even with the pass game last year being as constricted as it was, which I think is really impressive. Like everybody knew the Giants were not throwing the ball downfield. They had no one. There were nobody separating as much as I love Isaiah Hodges. But still, they were really good on the ground nevertheless.
1: No, if you just looked at the numbers, you would think he was a rookie quarterback who came into the league with the running profile of Michael Vicker and I'm not even kidding like numbers wise his season and I looked at this uh, ESPN QBR because I was doing something comparing how many more quarterbacks add rushing value in general compared to let's say like 10-12 years ago there was one year where David Garrard was the number two running quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers (gasps) Daniel Jones's numbers which which are right there uh with Josh Allen and, and with Hertz. Uh, in terms of QBR rushing at it, like, was better than Vic in Cam Newton's peak years. <laughs> like That's how valuable he was. And you, you mentioned the constricted passing game, and we can get to that, but I, I think it's almost understated how much Daniel Jones helped Saquon Barkley, too, that it was absolutely a, a two-way relationship and just how effective. That's the only way that they got their offense to be good, uh, because the passing game was like insanely conservative to the point where Daniel Jones was almost unrecognizable to the guy as a rookie yeah. who I sort of talked up as like better than you think he's yeah. an NFL quarterback he's not that bad
0: well, and and this is a, a huge reason why his interception rate was so low last year after being problem earlier in his career. So speaking of that passing game, um they added <laughs> we talked about Waller Hodgins is still there who I like uh Slayton's still there. Uh Paris Campbell getting a lot of camp hype. Paris Campbell mm-hmm. or or summer hype. Uh Jalen Hyatt. Uh Jameson Crowder. Wandale Robinson is still there. I uh, I don't like who's gonna I don't know who's gonna be outside. I guess I guess Hodgins is out and outside like that's a lot of guys. I mean H- Hyatt, who I did like as a prospect, played almost entirely in the slot. In college, Paris Campbell almost entirely in the slot, super fast, right? Um, Crowder is the slot receiver, so I don't really know. Like, I'm like, okay, some interesting pieces. I don't really know how they all fit together, per se.
1: Right? Wondale Robinson in the slot, Sterling Shepard is back. (laughs) You know, you're just hoping that he can play again for his sake because he was such a good player when when he was healthy. But those guys seem so similar to me. I I guess it's a good point that Hyatt played in the slot and, and Campbell did, but just. Body type and skill set, Campbell, Slayton, Hyatt seem similar. And then you have Shepard and Crowder, to me, feel like long shots-ish to make the team. Uh, but Wandale is hurt, too. So y- you're right. When like Hodge, when Isaiah Hodgins, who they picked up off waivers, I believe, like is the most reliable guy of that group. I know Campbell's coming off his best season and Dable is good at mixing up what you do, but man, it's asking a lot out of scheme.
0: (laughs) It's a, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an odd group. It's a group with talent, but it's not like, you know, I love when I look at a team and it's like, oh, all these three wide receivers just really fit well together. You know, you can just kind of see the roles and, and, and and I'm looking at this and I'm like, ah, I read somewhere. um, Whenever I do this, I kind of read the latest report just to see how players are being used. And I can't remember which reporter said that but somebody pointed out they're actually like splitting darren waller out wide a fair amount uh and i was like yeah yeah i bet they are
1: well because <laughs> like, daniel yeah. bellinger they they had a rookie quarter uh He's tight good. end fourth round guy that He's pretty that good. you one thing they have this year that they didn't have last year or, or even two years ago is like they do have eight or nine of these guys now i i, I think because they couldn't you know they re-signed slayton i think they were maybe hoping to Maybe get a bigger name in wide a uh, wide receiver, but didn't happen. They they do have numbers to throw at it. I just wonder, like, what are they gonna? How are they gonna let Daniel Jones play football? Because the thing that I liked about him as a rookie was he was Danny Dimes. Like that's gone. He, yeah. He, like he was very high in terms of if you look at PFF, like big throw uh, rate, like his big throw to 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 turnover where the play percentage was great. Like it was way worse last year. It was one of the worst in the league. It was totally out of whack. He wasn't making big throws down the field. Sometimes that was his receiver, but for the most part, they weren't trying them. Yes. And that's missing out on, I think what he could do well.
0: Lowest average at the target of the starting quarterbacks, dead last in explosives. I think it's going to be a really interesting case study for like, okay, if you turn that dial back up a little bit, or you start turning it from lowest in the league to maybe I don't know average, what happens to the interception dial? And then also, is the pass protection fixed enough to the point where Daniel Jones doesn't fumble? He's not getting set. You know, I think it's yeah, going to be fumbles like fumbles
1: were down. They weren't the fun- like a me. It was like six fumbles, but they they were way down. Yeah.
0: So it's kind of like all these dials, you know, I'm just kind of curious to see because they went so far in the other direction last year to integrate to great effect. Like this was a very efficient it was an efficient offense, but one with a very obvious ceiling that became obvious in the playoffs. And I think that's the question that Dable and Mike Kafka, we probably should have mentioned his name a lot throughout this, have to solve.
1: Right. They they wanted Jordan Addison or or Zay Flowers. That was all the reporting. Hmm. And they were close. And mm. the four receivers all went in a row. And I would like this team a lot more with Jordan Addison there instead of Jalen Hyatt.
0: Well, they, they did get Deontay Banks. who I really like, so, uh, flip into the defense. <laughs> Giants are such a fun team. They just have, I, li- I like them. Cause there's some teams when I look at them and I'm like, who are you? What's your identity? I like the Giants. Cause it's like, I know who you are. I know you were on offense. I knew her certainly last year and I know who you are on defense and I don't expect it to change. Um, yeah. uh, Last year, under Wink Martindale, they were as Wink Martindale as any Wink Martindale defense has ever Wink Martindaled. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, towards the end of the year, it started working a little bit. I think that mostly because the pass rush really came alive as the season went on. Um, you know, and, and I, I, sorry, I should clarify. Wink Martindale defense meaning you blitz a hell of a lot, you play a lot of man coverage. Um, when I look at the step chart, I like the pass rush. I mean, I, they, you know, it's, uh, you got Leonard Williams still there. Dexter Lawrence who got paid, uh, another year. Uzi, Aziz Ojolari, Kayvon Thibodeau, who start, I think improved as the year went on. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, as far as the pass rush goes, I, I think they can kind of pick up where they left off last year and look improved.
1: Yeah. I think the argument for the giants is a playoff team again, or, or- withstanding the regression everyone expects is just their line play being excellent their their offensive line which, which we didn't hit improving because you have a an all-world left tackle now in, in Thomas and you hope that Evan Neal didn't play well as a rookie like improves a lot as a top 10 pick it, if that happens and in the the center, center. Like, they could be yeah they yeah. could be okay and then a good defensive line like a potentially a great defensive line like Practically no one was playing any better than Dexter Lawrence at the end of last season. I'm a huge uh, Kayvon believer. He did lead rookies in, in, in win rate. We had a little up and down relationship with him on on our podcast, which uh, people that listen to the around the NFL podcast know a multiple time guest who we got too chummy with. And he didn't <laughs> like, he was very much pre draft Kayvon and then buttoned up post draft Kayvon and didn't seem to enjoy the experience. But I, I'm still a big fan. That could be a really, really. Good group because uh, Ozilari uh, could be interesting. Like that, it's a pretty good group overall.
0: Yeah, and and uh, so I mentioned Deontay Banks, who as soon as they drafted him, was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. he's like athletic press man corner, exactly what uh, Martindale wanted needed. And you know, Adore Jackson was really good last year, so um, that Xavier McKinney back. But the the biggest problem with this defense was the run defense which was a nightmare last season. I mean, I like you know, last in the NFL in DVOA um worst in uh the percent of runs that went for first downs, went worst in the percent of runs that went for 10 or more yards, wow. 30th in adjusted line yards, 29th in power, 29th in second level. You cannot find a stat in which the run defense was not an absolute nightmare uh the linebacking group was horrendous i mean they were they they had injuries on the back end linebacking group was horrendous they needed help uh outside of lawrence on the interior and they went out and they got some they signed bobby okereke from the colts to play linebacker um they brought in some big bodies nunez rochez Ashawn robinson hopefully i mean you were talking about worst in the nfl if they can just be a little bit better i think that's going to really help this very aggressive defense, but that was a massive issue last season.
1: Yeah. I do projected starters on NFL.com and they've been talking. They were talking up Jared Davis, the the former lion as their starter. He's now out for the season. Yeah, I mean, he he's had an up and down career at at best too. He had some good snaps for the giants, but I know they're disappointed with that. So that that second linebacker spot is still up for grabs. I do wonder if it's a little bit, the, the cornerbacks, you know, they asked them to play a lot of man coverage I feel like a trend around the NFL is cornerbacks tackle better than, than they used to. Like Odori Jackson is not that guy. Uh, certainly it's like a, a little bit of a lighter secondary. Maybe they're not getting people down like in, in preventing big plays and everything. I, I don't know, but th- they need to be better stopping the run. And they also have to hope that like the wink Martindale effect doesn't diminish in year two, which is, I think it could. It was miraculous what he did with that secondary uh, a year ago, and it's better talent wise this year. But I I think that's sort of an overarching question with Dable and Martindale, but especially on defense, like how much of an advantage can the coaches give schematically? Because they really did a a year ago.
0: I think it's a really good point. Um, This feels like the year where talent needs to kind of meet, step up a little bit. Thibodeau being a good example. Some a guy like McKinney, who at the beginning of his career it looked pretty good, you know, coming out of. Alabama was injured last year. I, I quietly losing Julian Love, I think actually hurts mm-hmm. a fair amount to Seattle, the safety. But as so you need O'Carroquet to come in, shore up the run. But you really, I, I really think a world in which this Giants defense is average or better starts with, as you said, the defensive line being dominant. And it's feasible that they have some really talented players. Um, okay, but they do not compare to the Washington Commanders defensive line. Are you ready mm. to talk Sam Howell? Let's go. Um, Yeah, let's start there. Let's start with Howell. What's your uh, enthusiasm level right now? It's, it's you- too
1: high. I get excited about these young quarterbacks. I'm glad I got the <laughs> NFC East assignment because it gave me an excuse to rewatch that Sam it's Howell so star. Sure I, it's one game. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's only one game. But I actually went back, watched the preseason, too, and... It was what I thought too in the preseason, which was very impressive in the preseason. I thought it was all really consistent. Like he goes through his reads quickly. That was the thing that I liked the most. He yeah, passed quick. my first NFL quarterback test, which is like, if he's protected, is he going to be, is he going to deliver? Like that's the baseline. And then do they have some plus traits on top of that? And to me, he does. It, I'm not saying it wasn't Patrick Mahomes' one start to end that season, <laughs> but it was like a better start than Desmond Ritter had out of his four starts it was a better start i would argue than daniel jones had his entire rookie year i think it was a really good start that showed like a couple things It showed some high level things we know he can run and then most importantly like getting rid of the ball quickly and getting to his second read pretty quickly
0: you know what struck me so i didn't i did not go back and watch the preseason but i did i did watch a lot of him in college uh both years 2020 when he was better when he had better protection, better weapons, and then 2021. And I think that was actually really encouraging for me. Oh, like, oh, yeah, I see a lot of stuff I saw him from him in college, right? Like, he, let's start here. He should not have been a fifth-round draft pick. Like, the fact that he fell to them there is, I mean, they, they've talked about it wild value based on who he was in college, his context, what he, his tools, and what he's capable of. I'm not saying he should be a first-round draft pick, but um, he is not your normal fifth-round quarterback being thrust into a starting job. Just say that. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I've talked about this a little bit on NFL live. The dude has a cannon, like he's got a really strong arm mm-hmm. and, he, and he didn't, he, it wasn't just, <laughs> I posted the go ball to McLaurin that I think uh, every commander's fan has wa- now watched 300 times from the Cowboys <laughs> game, but it's not just that, like it shows up on all the outbreaking stuff, like the curls, like, you know, he, 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 that ball is coming out hot to your point. It comes out pretty quick. Um, you know, I I, I, I really think RPOs are going to be a huge part of this offense with Eric Bieniemy, and he can run. What did you? I don't know if you saw this. I, I'd i love to hear your thoughts. Kind of reminded me of a young Russell Wilson, like in build yeah. and the way he moved. What do you think?
1: I think that's a great comp. I mean, he, he worries you a little much. There was one play in that start where he took on. Demarcus Lawrence. was just like... And that was was the only play. And there wasn't really many of those in the preseason either. Uh, But I think that's a great example because I don't think he's looking to run. I don't think you're going to build in a ton. They'll do some stuff in the red zone. Uh, But when he scrambles, he's decisive about it. And I think he moves like Wilson and he'll get you his eight yards. Like he... You have to sort of have a baseline of athleticism, I feel like, to be drafted as a quarterback right now. But I would say even beyond that, he's like a little plus over over that baseline.
0: Um, There was one play, that I think it was near the end of the game, where he booted right and it was covered up and he just took off. And that really reminded me of Wilson. Just mm-hmm. the decisiveness, the... Uh, I I think he's going to be a great fantasy quarterback. So uh, it's not really relevant to this discussion, but just watching him, I was thinking like, oh my God, he's going to carry the football at least like six or seven times a game. I have a concern. Uh, Well, but other than the, all the obvious concerns that he is, you know, very inexperienced and, 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 you know, he, there's definitely flaws to his game that I also saw in college, by the way, you know, he's not quite there in processing, play under pressure, can be a little bit scattered. Um, but, I, you know, I, my concern is Ron Rivera. Mm. I am worried that Ron is going to look at this defense, which I think is very good and we're going to talk about, and look at his young quarterback and just say, pound the rock, don't turn it over. Which I get, you want to run the football a fair amount. And, you know, there should be a QB run game as well. And that should help the run game. But,. This offense, like last year, they were one of the they were the second run heaviest offense in the NFL, and they were one of the worst rushing attacks in the NFL. And it they were hurt by terrible quarterback play, but that really hurt them. And that, to me, just reeks of defensive head coach. Mm. And I'm worried that he might do the same thing, even with well, Eric and, the enemy.
1: And he just hired, you know, a running back, former running back to be his offensive coordinator. We, we don't know what Eric Benham is going to be yeah. like exactly the way he talks about. Feel like he's going to be a little more run inclined than Andy Reid. I feel like we're going to see more Antonio Gibson this year, just based on the off-season yeah. talk that the enemy is a little higher on him, which which makes total sense. I agree because it's a it's a tougher needle to thread if they go really run heavy, and they'll be tempted to like to extend the Russ analogy. Like they've got the receivers kind of like a young rusted that will win They're on good. the outside, and and that's what I like with Howell, like he'll give them a chance. I think he'll give Jahan dots and certainly uh McLaurin and he'll give that receiver. I love Curtis Samuel. Like they'll, he'll give them a chance to make plays on the outside, but I I hope they lean into that more than yeah. Running first down, second down and hoping he makes a play.
0: It's such a fun group of receivers. And if they do have, you know, a pretty, uh, I would say committed run game and a QB run game, those receivers are going to have one-on-one opportunities. And uh, yeah, I I really liked what I saw at Dotson last year. You know, I think there was some. I forgot they took him like 16th or 17th. I remember there was some skepticism about that. But I loved him in college, and I thought he showed a lot of the same traits he did. I mean, that dude catches everything, and he gets open deep, and the com like him and McLaurin, and then Samuel, and then they got Deami Brown and Dax Milne behind him. Like that's a good group. So, that's a potential yeah.
1: like top eight. You know. Could be. Receiver group. Samuel's really underrated. Samuel, I know, only had 800-something yards last year, if you include the rushing. But on a per, like, I swear, if you go back and look at his snaps, on, like, a per-touch basis, he, ma- he made so many plays. He made so many people miss. He was exactly, like, what they were hoping that he would be. He might be a little different outside of our old friend uh, Scott Turner's system. I-, I do wonder a little bit with that. They are changing systems, which is, is worth – uh you know, noting at least that Sam Howell will be learning a different system.
0: Yeah, I'm really, I mean, this is such a, it's such a fascinating control for Eric Bianami. Like we, we get to see like how much, I mean, and there's so much of it that ports, you know, I mean, I talked about the RPOs. I think, um, you know, uh, screen game is, is is something that he can, I mean, uh, I think the rushing attack could work better than it, especially combined with a RPO, uh, a strong RPO component to the offense. But um, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's interesting. I, I started, you know, when they signed percent, I was like, well, if it was a true quarterback competition, Jacoby percent would win. But then the more I thought about it, the more I watched Howell, the more I thought about where the upside might lie lay, like, I kind of started changing my mind. It doesn't um,
1: seem like it's a battle though. It doesn't seem like yeah, they're just going to start how they gave Brissett 8 million, which is more than any other backup got okay. this off season. So he's there. He's, he's ready as always, if nothing else, like Sam Howell has me excited
0: Interesting. to watch I'm a week
1: one game with the commanders, which it's been a minute. Well, this is going to be the best commander season since the nineties, no matter what happens because yes, of the ownership okay, yeah. change. Like there's no losing in this season.
0: Well also because, I think this defense is going to be good. Um, so I, I, I included them in my top 10 defenses pod. Mm. They finished last year seventh in weighted DVOA, fourth in EPA per play, first in success rate. They got better as the year went along. For me, there's a couple of reasons why I think they could be better this year than they were last year. And last year, they were really good. One, this was a very, very dominant four-man rush defensive line last year. Now you bring Chase Young back, and even if he's not exactly who he was his rookie year, that's still a guy who contributed nothing last year. And everyone else on that defensive line is so good. I think Jack Del Rio has really improved as defensive coordinator over the last mm. year or so, um, and done a really good job with that defensive line. Maybe it was getting
1: of off Twitter, you know? scheming
0: up pressures. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, this defense was incredibly good, despite the fact that they barely turned the ball over um, near the bottom of the NFL in interceptions. So when they drafted uh, my, the slim man Emmanuel Forbes, who uh, ha- had the most pick sixes in college history. Uh, that jumped out to me is uh, not only did he make sense for this scheme, which asks his corners to kind of play off a bit, um, but I, I was like, oh, they really want, like, I think they're probably drawn to his ball skills. So, you know, like, it's a defense that has better players and didn't get a lot of turnovers and was still awesome. Why wouldn't they be even, hmm. I mean, injuries aside, why wouldn't they be even better this season?
1: You make a good case. I mean, they lost Cole Holcomb to linebacker. not like amazing, Listen but to that's, yourself. that's stretching. Uh, it'd be the cornerbacks. I think yeah. Kendall Fuller's been up and down, but he's a good player. It's counting on Forbes right away. Sounds like he's starting on the outside. Nickel is either Benjamin St. Juice or they, they drafted uh, Quan Martin, who's like a safety, yeah. but might play Nickel. But they're pretty deep at safety. Like I like their safeties. Like there there is. isn't much reason. But they, I guess the reason would be what happened two years ago. And I know they were hurt, but. The D, their DVOA for Ron Rivera. This is his fourth year, by the way, and they kind of look like a fourth year of a program. This is the year he he has to go. Like they have to make the playoffs, or they'll probably with the new owner change. But his defenses have finished third, twenty seventh, and seventh. <laughs> and and you know what's I, I've noticed from Carolina to here, watch how they start like in September every year. They start slow on defense and every year they finish strong. That's been, that was the case in Carolina always happened on defense. It was a case. It's been the case here. They uh, didn't really finish strong in, in 2021, but they started so poorly that it like ruined their, their ranking for the whole season. So I I don't know why that is, but if you have chase young as your fourth best lineman, which I would say he is, I mean, Montez sweat, if people don't know is like an incredible player. (laughs) I think people know Jonathan Allen now, um, is a is an all pro type player, and and Deron Payne got paid they hit last on year every best, single yeah. one of those dudes. Yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah, that's it's wild. I so one of the games that um, I watched the Sam Howell game against the Cowboys. I watched Week Ten, the game where the Eagles finally lost again uh, to Washington, and. Mm. Because I was I actually watched it more for the we'll get to the Eagles side of it because I was like, what how, like, how who could stop this offense and how and why? Well, turnovers, it turns out, were <laughs> one stop them in that game. But also the Washington defense was awesome. They were awesome. And in the second half of the season, they put up so many outrageous performances. That defensive line was just devouring. Um and Jalen Hurts was getting rid of the ball quickly in that game. But I I just think it's such a talented group. Um, but yeah. I Washington's a little feisty, little
2: feisty.
1: If they were in another division, you could say this a lot about a lot of teams. But if they were in the NFC North or the NFC South, like it's a solid-looking fourth year of a team roster. Where, like, if you look at every position group, none of them look like they're bottom ten. There's not these huge, maybe off-ball linebacker, but other than that, like they don't have huge weaknesses, and and they have the strengths we talked about at, at premium positions.
0: Yeah. No, they're 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 pretty balanced. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Come back and talk about the division heavyweights. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFULL and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great keep those winnings but if you lose you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet 21 and older only offer valid and must be physically present in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kansas louisiana massachusetts maryland michigan new jersey new york ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming only new users and first ten dollar plus wagers only must register with an eligible promo code bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss maximum bonus bet twelve hundred fifty dollars bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles see caesars.com Slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1 800 522 4700. Indiana, call 1 800 With It. Iowa, call 1 800 Bets Off. Louisiana, call 1 STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1 800 327 or visit gambling Michigan, call 1 800 Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you are someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler. It's 1 800 426 2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1 800 Gambler.net.
2: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by Nitsa.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jet's Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jet's is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience, recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So I was was literally, I was really watching the Eagles offense, like just trying to find weaknesses and think about like, what could, the question I keep asking with the Eagles offense is what could go wrong this year? What could, because they're just, and, and the offense, defense, I don't, I don't, I don't feel the same way. The offense is so stacked. Um, They hit on the formula last year. I don't see any reason why Brian Johnson, who's their offensive coordinator, can't just copy, paste, repeat, power spread offense, the RPOs, the aerial, all of it. It's like, it wasn't, no one found a solution to it (laughs) because it's talent-based, right? Like this isn't a trickery. I mean, it's an offense where I think scheme met talent at a really cool place, but they're just so damn talented. I don't know, man. Like, what? It, what? It, do you have any qualms, any fears? What could go wrong other than obviously injuries? What jumps out?
1: Brian Johnson, the, the offensive coordinator. But I, I'm more concerned about their change of defensive coordinator just in terms of we don't know what's there because they love Brian Johnson. Like, that building was really hoping that they could keep him. There were other people interested in him. Like, he is that guy that they've been grooming and that they expect is gonna thrive in this world. No, they had they have their nine best starters back. Like the only starters that aren't there were Miles Sanders, who played less than Gainwell in the Super Bowl, and Sayamalu, who I would say is a good player, but was probably their fifth best offensive lineman. So like everyone's back. I, I don't I don't really see any reason other than teams might be a little more prepared for their short yardage package, but I feel like by the end of last season they were pretty prepared for it. They just couldn't do anything because you have the two of the best tackles in the league and the best center and one of the best running quarterbacks we've ever seen, like all on one team. And Oh, by the way, way like two guys who can win on the outside one and one just as well as just about anyone in the league.
0: And one of the four or five best tight ends. I mean, it's just, I, I, I just, yeah. I, just I, I just don't know. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? I don't know. Uh, yeah, like again, I went, I, I was like, like, I was like, okay. I remember because the Washington game, I too, I remember watching it. I was in a bar. I think it was like a third. Was it Thursday night or it was a night game? Right. I think I mean, it was Monday Thursday night. Thursday. Yeah. Anyways, or I Monday was, night. I don't yeah, know. then I was like, oh, this isn't going well, and I, it, you know, they just turned it over a bunch. <laughs> I mean,
1: like, well, their defense, they, defense couldn't get a stop, and no, we'll get to that. But like, I guess I'm curious if Kenny Gainwell. Yeah is the guy who leads the team and snaps at running back. If I had to guess, maybe he is over Rashad yeah. Penny and DeAndre Swift, but like that's a better running back group too than they had mm-hmm. a year ago.
0: It's so hilarious to me that the Eagles keep getting associated with various running backs, like, uh, you know, like Bijan and the draft. Cause like, this team literally is the poster child for running backs. Don't matter. Like not only do they have a quarterback whose rushing ability replaces a lot, you know, stands in for some of that. But like, you know, they they were like, all right, we'll we'll sign Rashad Penny for nothing, we'll trade nothing for DeAndre Swift, we'll like bring Gainwell was really good, kind of the forgotten man, but Gainwell the leads stretch. the
1: NFL in EPA, I think, <laughs> per rush since he's been drafted, other than Jalen Hurts.
0: Um somehow. Yeah. I guess okay. I, I haven't mentioned this on on live, but the Brian Johnson thing. So I know I kind of flippantly said he could just copy paste the offense, but uh, one of the things I did love about this, I think maybe when I have talked about this Eagles offense last year and Shane Steichen's, um, his the job he did calling it was his feel for matchups and games. Like mm. every game, they had so many different pitches in their arsenal, so that makes it a lot easier. But he always seemed to find the exact weakness on whatever because de- they played a lot of good defenses. And he would just tweak it over and over. You know, there all the games, the, the Eagles games offensively looked really different from each other. Like there were games where Hertz was ran a lot more. There were games where they leaned more heavily on the RPO. There were different kinds of rushing games where they leaned on different concepts. There were games where, you know, they threw a million goal balls to AJ Brown. There were games where they threw none. So I guess that is something that I'll be curious to see if he can replicate that feel uh, for, Matchup football, hmm. but you know, he had he is being given like the. I, I just got a toolbox for the first time in my adult life, and um, I think I got like a not good one because <laughs> it's like missing a lot. I don't know, anyways. Point is, he has been given whatever the, the master craftsman what is the best toolbox you can give where you have literally everything you would ever need to fix You're your house? You're asking the wrong guy, okay? I, well, um... the analogy was not great.
1: My wife Emika is is Mrs. Fixit in our house.
0: He is today. like, uh, okay, this is more your language. When on Top Chef, they get to work in like the the dream kitchen, like the five star yes. restaurant kitchen, and it's like they're all freaking out because it has everything and the best produce and the best tools. That is the situation uh, Brian Johnson is walking into in Philadelphia.
1: Right, and he's got like experience, like he has worked closer with Hertz as anyone. I guess that's the thing I'm just more curious about. It's not a concern, but. Just Jalen Hurts' development. He was better, even better last year than his biggest supporter could have hoped for. That Super Bowl is the last thing we remember, and I I think it was one of the best Super Bowl performances by anyone, not just, like, winner or or loser. Uh, Like, it would rank in the top 10 uh, in Super Bowl history, but that wasn't every game by Jalen Hurts. In fact, the two games before, he had struggles. Um, He was coming off an injury, but he had struggles. He's not like Dak Prescott in terms of pre-snap reads and going through his progressions and like the next level of quarterback. And you wouldn't expect him to be, he's just entering, you know, his fourth year. And so I, I think showing more consistently what he did in the Super Bowl with anticipation and, and getting to, to the backside of plays and just like all that next level quarterback stuff, which would be totally natural for him to improve on. Like then he's really keeps that sort of Josh Allen trajectory going and yeah. you got to think he will.
0: He's done it every year of his life, right. so. um And he's in a great situation. Okay, yeah. My if there's any concerns I have for this team, it is really more about the defense, where they did actually experience some pretty significant losses. Um, and there's there's a lot of question marks. I mean, they are really like just kind of looking at the depth chart and thinking through who's likely to start. I was like, damn, like <laughs> there's a lot of new guys and, and Wait, young with guys who? and. Uh, let's start with the safety position and go back to front. Reed Blankenship is the starting safety on this team. I think that means Terrell Edmonds is going to be the other starting safety.
1: Yeah. Sidney Brown, who was a third round pick is getting some like local hype that he might be more like, like he might play more snaps. Than the two Georgia first round picks, but but we'll see. It's hard to really project that off of off season or, or knowing anything, but you're right. Yeah. Safety, maybe linebacker too.
0: Well, linebacker we get, we'll see Nicobe Dean who, uh, based on everything I've read this summer is definitely starting wearing the green dot. Didn't play last year. I loved as a prospect because of his football IQ. I mean, the guy in college just always seemed to know. What was ha- like where the ball was going on every play. Um, and he is in you know, it's a good because there's so much beef in front of him. Uh, it is a good spot for him. Um, assuming that the Desai defense is somewhat similar in terms of the five man fronts to what you know they ran last year under Gannon. I think, a lo- I think more of the, dif- the differences we'll see will be in coverage based on what Desai has said, his time in Chicago, all of that. But um, that's a challenge, uh, and then I, I don't want to pick on any reporter or blogger. But I am um, when I was kind of reading up on the changes on the team, trying to figure who would start. I, I saw like you know they had like better or worse, and because it was everything was better, <laughs> <they had> better <laughs> but the one that really jumped out to me it was like defensive tackle better, and I was like okay, I like Jalen Carter. Oh, I mean that was like quite the pickup for him but like Javon Hargrave was one of the best defensive tackles in football like everybody slow your roll slow your roll like this defense I think they're going to be good I'm not like totally skeptical of them but I do think it's possible that they look a lot better at the end of the year than at the beginning because there's just so much change on that side of the ball
1: I guess if you're hoping that like defensive tackle for instance gets better it's because like Jordan Davis improves and that's what this team does better than than anyone is plans a year in advance, builds depth on depth, like they can afford to sit N'Kobe Dean for a year. Jordan Davis really wasn't a big factor, so it was a little bit of a concern, but yeah. players that big in that position often start their career pretty slow. Dexter Lawrence is maybe a, a, yeah. a similar
0: it's a
1: good example. recent comp, but they still go eight deep, I think, better than anyone on well, the, the defensive front is, line.
0: Yeah, it's still stupid. <laughs>
1: So like like a guy like Milton Williams who's like a promising young player is like DL eight or nine yeah. on this team. Like Josh Sweat's a really good player. You're you're very deep. I I think they had a different offseason. To your point, like about how the defense looks, I think they're a little surprised that they got Graham and Fletcher Cox back, and then more that Darius Slate and James. Bradbury well, that all seemed
0: very strange the way it happened because I think they had t- originally... It's based on the reporting I read. It seemed like they wanted to keep Gardner Johnson. Right. I think it, they
1: thought maybe they would only keep him and potentially yeah. cut Dude. Slay at one point. Then they paid Bradbury. Um, Slay is getting older. I don't think he was quite as good a year ago as he was the year before. So if you're looking for weakness. But as as a like quasi-Eagles homer, my theory is actually... I don't know if, like, losing Jonathan Gannon is a bad thing. This well, there's a pretty, that. a pretty inconsistent <laughs> defense. It was, you
0: listen to Eagles Sports Radio. <laughs> I don't know if there's a guy more hated by his fan base than Jonathan, Jonathan
1: Gannon. Um, I'm not going to go, like, that far. like, But when they played good teams, like the Cowboys or the Chiefs or the Packers or the Lions, like, good offenses, like, they weren't a good defense.
0: Can I? Okay. I'm so glad you brought up those games because I do want to bring up a theory. So all season long... May have heard some of these episodes. Dominique and I had this constant ongoing debate over whether or not the Eagles bad run defense, and it was bad. B- bad 21st uh, at the end of the year in DVOA, and that was with some improvements, but bad in a lot of other ways. Anyways, whether it mattered, right? In today's NFL, does it matter if you can stop the run? So I was looking up, there were 26 in rushing success rate, 2019 yards after contact per run, yeah, yeah. So I was looking up. I wanted to see what were their worst games last year in terms of rushing success, right? Once I saw how low they were. One of them was, okay, so they were several of the games you just mentioned. Detroit. Detroit put up 35 points. DeAndre Swift went nuts. Green Bay. Combination, A.G. Dillon, Aaron Jones. The Super Bowl. Isaiah Pacheco went nuts on them. Super efficient running game. Uh, and then Washington, which is funny because... Uh, Brian Robinson only averaged like 3.3 yards per carry, but just consistently grinding the success rate it was actually the worst of the entire season because just every run was just consistently grinding it out, kept the offense off the field. It does seem to me when you look at all these <laughs> games that it was kind of a problem, and it's funny, it's not like it wasn't explosive runs. It was the success rate, meaning, just every run was like three, four, five. It was just letting these offenses, even a couple of mid ones, well, Washington was certainly mid, just chew away at them and keep the offense off the field. I think it was a bigger problem last year than I appreciated at the time.
1: Right. I think there's a baseline. Like there's a level of run defense that you need to be at. And and of course it's yeah. not as important as pass defense. And I think you're right. I, I would argue as someone who, um, whose feelings were hurt as Isaiah Pacheco was like going around the end for another five or six yards every play. And I can remember very distinctly. And I, I like the Eagles. I had picked them to win the Super Bowl. I was rooting for them. And the, and the chiefs, another mid running team were getting five or six yards consistently. And the Eagles w- weren't as much. And I, I know yeah. it came down to, you know, the last possession, but they, they, Wasted like a great Jalen Hurts Super Bowl performance. They scored thirty-five points and they She's lost. Linebackers a big part of it.
0: balled out. Leo Chenault <laughs> turned uh, out it was such. Oh, it's like oh my god, linebackers do matter. Um, yeah, so I, I maybe it, maybe they can be improved in that respect this year. Um,
1: on paper, they they shouldn't be a bad run defense, but no. yeah, I guess Nickobi Dean Nicholas Morrow as your starting linebackers, that's a little concerning. We'll see.
0: Um, okay, Cowboys. Let's start the defense first. We've been doing offense first every time. Um, I think you and I are in agreement on this, that we both think the Cowboys defense is absolutely terrifying. And doing this exercise only made me feel even more convicted in that. I mean, they're so good and they're so deep and they're so talented, Greg.
1: I think they'd be my pick going into the year. As I didn't do a top 10 defense like, like you, but I think they'd be my number one going into the year? Yeah. I mean, you could argue yeah, they could be down at 3 or 4, but it wouldn't be any lower than that. I thought it that. was I, very
0: close between them and San Francisco. Um yeah. And they they kept the coordinator, so that helps.
1: Like they're I, I mentioned the the eight deep with the Eagles and the, the Cowboys don't have that cuz of their defensive tackles, but in terms of their ends, it's just crazy. I mean, that's the best starting ends. Lawrence who who still is playing at such a high level so good. In, in in Parsons who <laughs> You know, I'd rather have than any defensive player at this point, him and Donald, I guess, but but Sam Williams was pretty promising as a rookie. Like Doris Armstrong yeah. is a good fourth. Like they actually have Dante Fowler as like their fifth. They just have waves. And I think the secondary, which I'm sure you'll get to too, is really underrated and really deep too.
0: Uh in the Howell game, I just <laughs> Micah Parsons just can Kept going like he was unblockable, frankly, and he wins in the Eagles
1: games. He kind of killed Mylata in those two games. It wasn't like the difference in those games, but he he won that matchup.
0: What? How do you feel about the whole should Micah Parsons ever play off the ball? Question because we we talk about this a lot on our TV Hmm. show, and I. I, I'm of kind of two minds of it. Part part of me is like any snap where Micah Parsons is not rushing the quarterback is probably a good thing for the quarterback. And the quarterback's very happy that that's happening. However, I do see the value. First of all, he's like probably their best off ball linebacker. Um, so I do mm. see the value in mixing it up a little bit, but I just feel like you want to keep that number pretty low just because of how dominant he is as a pass rusher.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree exactly how you say it. I think having the flexibility to throw it in there as a changeup on certain downs to confuse the offense, sure, that's great. But that's it's gonna be pretty rare. I, I was trying to look up quickly on on PFF. It's not like they did that much. I mean, no, he was a pass rusher. He is a pass rusher. Maybe they'd be a little more tempted to this year. On paper, they're a little thinner. I do worry if Leighton Vander Esch gets hurt. Like it was a nice story last year. He really had a resurgence season. But if he got hurt, it's
0: well, that's where thin they're weak. Good linebackers. Absolutely. And, you know, they've got some youth there and some guys that they're hoping will take a step up. But, you know, the the case for because the Cowboys run defense wasn't great shakes either at times. And I think the, that was. It would be a little pat for me to be like, well, they drafted Mozzie Smith. Problem solved. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, like that helps. But and, I, and when they drafted him, it was like, yep, this is their weakness. I get it. They want you know, they needed that run stuffing nose tackle. But it's still it's still a thing um fortunately uh <laughs> for them uh they get a lot of third and longs uh for this team and uh, the pass defense it, i mean you, you talked about the secondary i just they're so deep now i think because they had all those injuries last year and they got to see all of these young players and who are thrust into bigger roles like Daron Bland down the stretch who had all those interceptions the young safeties now when they when you have Diggs and gilmore playing corner you feel good about okay well maybe if we lose any of them for a game or something um i've talked a lot about what you know how much dime they played and what they really landed on with that safety group but it's just such a they look so talented they look so well coached they bring back their coach i really 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 like this the whole. I like the whole defense, but I really, really like the secondary.
1: Yeah, I think Donovan Wilson, Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker are so good together and that they could keep them and with Quinn. To me, that's, they are sort of emblematic of this Dan Quinn renaissance. And yeah. they're really, I think, a team that other teams have copied. Not that they're the only team doing three safeties, but I think the way they complement it and the way they use them is as good as any team in the league. And then it's just a question of Diggs and Gilmore have a really high ceiling. Um, they probably have a a much lower medium and they probably have a, like a lower floor. They cornerback is inherently an up and down position. That duo could be awesome. Um, but you could also tell me it, it didn't I work had. out that Gilmore gets, you know, that Gilmore gets a, a little older and Diggs is boomer bust guy. And, and that could happen too.
0: But Diggs really stopped being that guy last year. Um yep. I don't know. Who you throw at, I don't know. I think, I think it, it was, you know, last year going into the year, I was like, "Oh, they're going to regress all those turnovers and then they didn't. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, if, if you have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL and then you have DBs with ball skills, you're going to get turnovers. Like it's going to happen. Um, and I, I expect it to continue. I expect them to be fantastic. Uh of course, the question is uh, uh, whether the turnovers will continue happening on the other side of the ball. I've mm. talked about that a lot. Um, <laughs> that I'm not going to get into that. I think You know, for me, it's kind of just... That feels
1: like a top five NFL live uh, <laughs> topic for the offseason that you're probably ready to move on from.
0: I'm ready to move on from it. I do. I, I mean, the Cowboys, to me, are one of the more interesting teams week one because I just do want to see what Mike McCarthy's offense looks like. You know, he, he he's gotten heat for dumb comments. This, you know, the points thing, the whatever. But, and like, you know, I, I've gotten into it with people on TV who are like, Cowboys gotta run the ball, but you know, it's, no, that they don't. They ran the ball a lot last year on first down. And they are really bad at it, and off, that might be why the quarterback was pressing. Um, but I am not, I'm choosing not to assume that Mike McCarthy is going to just be this like prehistoric figure because he, he called pass heavy offenses in Green Bay at, you know, so I think, I don't know, Greg, like I, every, like you look at this group, it's very obvious that they should be in 11 personnel and throw the ball a <laughs> lot. Like, so right. let's see it. I'm, 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 I'm trying to hold back on any skepticism until I see it.
1: I think that's fair, but I'm worried. You know, I'm worried as someone who watched the final McCarthy-Rogers years and worried as someone like who hears McCarthy say, like, hey, like, this is back to being, this is the fun part of the job. This is what I want to do. And I think, like, he brought in Brian Schottenheimer. That says a lot. They brought in, as their offensive line coach, Mike Solari. Mike Solari has worked for the Cowboys before. You know whose staff it was with? It was with Tom Landry's staff like that's how long he's been in the NFL he wasn't in the NFL last year by the way like that's how long he's been in the NFL he was on Tom Landry's he's like okay last staff.
0: Seattle the year before
1: that I know I mean he's bounced around and he's had some you know great offensive lines I'm just saying it's like yeah almost car you know who you would imagine for old school thinking and what I want to see is just them give the keys to Dak as much as possible because to me this should be Dak's time to be as Peyton Manning as possible. It's always been the comp that like yeah. people like me or, or I know Nate threw that out there. Like if there's a young quarterback that it's kind of like a Brady or Manning in terms of what they do pre-step and how they operate at least. at least. I know he's not as high a level like that's Dak. but now he's reaching what is a year eight or nine. He's 30 years old. Like he should have as much control as possible. So I, I hope that happens.
0: Lamb cooks Gallup more removed from his injuries should be a really good one, two, three mm-hmm. cooks, you know, fun, you know, last year was such a problem, not stretching the field. They didn't have anyone who could uh, get the sort of separation. They needed to create space for lamb. Just they, they, you know, when the cooks and Gilmore trade, but I think they were like pretty close. I was like, Oh my God, I love both of these trades. I love what they do for the offense. I love the value. Why did more teams should do this trade for undervalued veterans? Loved it. Um, it's you know the tight ends. Eh, 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 I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think like they, they drafted Schoonmaker in the second round, and yeah. both him and Mozzie Smith felt a little bit like reaches for need. Right. So yeah.
0: We'll um, the offensive line is good, but thin. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's got you know can't lose anyone.
1: Mm. I think they could be great though. Like at. It's so I, I'm wondering if McCarthy's going to let Dak cook, like the first down mm-hmm. runs, all that stuff. It also doesn't make sense to lean on the runs right now with Tony Pollard coming off a big injury and you don't really have a great backup. But
0: Well, yeah, everything they're doing, they, they approach this offseason like a team that intends to pass the ball.
1: Right, and and so maybe they will. You're right, I should, I should be ready for that. Like their offensive line could be great. I'm curious if they're going to let Tyler Smith cook. Like, I feel like Tyler Smith having a really great uh, rookie year, right and maybe area, I'm yeah. overrating because I went back for for this and watched the Eagles Cowboys game. Um, that was with Minshew, and like Tyler Smith was incredible that game. Oh, like I if know. you had just watched that game, you would think he was one of the better left tackles in the league, and he was maybe the best rookie tackle in the yeah. league. He played. I th- I don't know if people know, but he played left tackle the whole season. Like he he basically he was their left tackle. He was much better than the two top ten mm-hmm. picks at tackle. So it's a little awkward because Tyron Smith like. He's a future uh-huh. Hall of Famer. He's probably better at left tackle, too. I've heard that t- they're going to move Tyler Smith to guard. Sorry. The, ty-
0: the Tyron Smith experience suggests that Tyler Smith will play left tackle this season. So,
1: okay. You know. So then it's a little awkward, and they'll probably play, yeah, Tyler Smith at guard and Terrence Steele at right tackle. But, like, why are you messing with He's Tyler Smith for injury. Terrence Steele? I don't know.
0: Um. So I hear you on Dak being, you know, like Peyton. Like, let me rephrase that. I understand that Dak's pocket presence, his pre-snap cognition is his superpower. I would like to see him run more and make more plays with his legs. He's so good when he does it, but he just – there's so many – I mean, we talked about Daniel Jones's efficiency numbers running the ball. Dak was third in EPA per carry, and he was also Mm. third on third down – Third with six yards to go. So it wasn't just like he was, you know, in short yardage, um, having successful runs. And yet, ranked below Mac Jones in rushing attempts. When he scrambled and threw, he was first in yards per dropback, second in passer rating, third in CPOE. And yet, Mm-hmm. Again, behind Matt Jones and Matt Ryan and Dalton. I, I it's like he doesn't want to do it, but I wish he would do it more because he's in his own words, I think he said, I'm a big you are a big <laughs> you're an athlete. Uh it's I just wish he would do it more because I think it would be that final that like last little piece that kind of puts this offense over the edge.
1: Yeah, I think that injury changed. Yeah, obviously it changed his career. I think it changed how he operated, and that was too bad. Because when when it was Jason Garrett and Linahan, like they didn't run him much, but he was a little more Russell Wilson. Like they definitely ran him in the red zone. They run him when they needed to, and he was very efficient, as you said. And that that is a missing he's still, piece. He's still efficient, though. Is my point? Like this was, this was yes. last
0: year. Like again, it, he ran less than everyone else, and 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 I I wanted to throw in the throwing off of the runs as well, because I do think he, he's really good at throwing and, and he like, he can create that's, that's all he's a, he's an assassin in the pocket, but he can also create. I, uh, this is a very DAC friendly podcast. You
1: know that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: Um, okay. Cowboys and Eagles. I think they're close. I, I, yeah, I still have the Eagles above them, but I think that the Cowboys have a better defense. I, but I, you know, like you heard us talking about the Eagles offense, like, come on. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to go Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, commanders.
1: Hmm. Wait, you put the Cowboys over the Eagles.
0: Oh, party Eagles, Eagles, Cowboys, party Eagles, Cowboys. Okay. Do you where, where are you on Giants and Commanders?
1: I'd flip them. I like the <sighs> Commanders. I know uh, it's been. I think I'm just feeling the.
0: No, I might the, too. I don't know. They're the ownership this change
1: too. Like I'm so happy to not um, silently uh, root against this franchise because of nothing to do with the players or, or coaches so, uh, so I, I think they could make the playoffs but I, I think all four of these teams certainly could make the playoffs. I think the yep. Eagles and Cowboys are the best two rosters in the NFC I mean you could throw the 49ers in there but That's I would it. take the Cowboys roster but I feel good about the Eagles I, I had them winning the Super Bowl before last year I'll probably do that again I haven't thought about it because I, like I like their coaching staff better than the Cowboys. I just have more concerns about the offensive coaches for the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, that's it for me as well. Um, but again, yeah, I, I think all four teams, playoff teams, potentially, certainly in the NFC in particular, have that. I think if there's one, like, surprise, I think maybe people listening that would probably think we're, we're higher on the commanders maybe than the consensus Sam Howell, guys, you heard it here first. Or you didn't, if he sucks. All right, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, Greg is, of course, on the wonderful Around the NFL podcast. Check it out wherever you get your pods.
2: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt.